entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team, Drew one at Brent's It's the T.C. Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain, T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fuchsson. Right up from Yager, finish side of the net. Doctor is now in. Oh, uh, yes, hockey season is back, and the Golden Knights opened up in style last night with a home victory in front of 18,000 plus last night at the Fortress. Got to get used to that again. I mean, here we've got, you know, football, Legion Stadium, Mandalay Bay, Michelob Ultra Arena, playoffs, finals, and then now, boom, back to hockey. Uh, what a few days it's been as we've talked about. Sunday game, one of the WNBA finals in the Michelob Ultra Arena. Aces beat the Liberty. Monday night, we're at Elysian Stadium with the tailgate party at Slice before that. Raiders beat the Packers. Last night, it is the regular season opener for the Vegas Golden Knights as they unveiled the championship banner. And then tonight, back at the house at the Michelob Ultra Arena for game two, Aces and Liberty. It just doesn't stop. Can you imagine in like four years when the A's are here and they're in, you know. Are you trying to say the A's in the postseason? A's, well, no. Is that no, what you're trying to say? A's are in the postseason and, yep. and there's an Aces. Yeah. An A's. Yeah. A Knights. And a Raiders. Yeah. Could and happen. NASCAR. Could happen. All all in one week. Yeah. Yeah. And NASCAR in one is this week yeah. as well, too. Oh, and by the way, you know, we're reminded every day when we're driving around the strip about Formula One being here very, very soon. That cannot get here quick enough for me. I can't wait for it to be gone so I and can actually see go. the Bellagio Fountains again. That's what I want to say. And then so it could be completed and done as quickly as possible. Man, that that drive. Maybe I've just become immune to it because I've been driving it so much. Up and down the strip and over there off of Harmon and Koval and that stuff. Driving me crazy, man. The lights that are above everything now. The whole, no, I don't like it. And, and here's the deal. I can't even fathom how it's going to look. And again, I haven't really looked at the maps on what the, the track is or where it is and all that kind of stuff. But all I know is they continue to just pave and pave and pave. And it's like, oh, lines are gone. Oh, they're back. Oh, no, they're not. And those thingies are sticking up in the middle of the road. You know, it's like I was driving down the strip yesterday and last night, and I'm going like, there are no lanes here. <laughs> it's like, and what about these tourists that are coming in like, oh, hey, where do I drive? But yeah, so when I'm when I'm driving by and I'm seeing the bleachers being con- constructed or the stands yeah. or whatever you want to call it, the pit area, I'm just trying to envision, okay, what's the course? Where's it at? So from what I can see, it looks okay, like it's going to go. I, okay, we got the picture up or the map out now. So I don't know what your finger is pointing. So at. this is the, the this is the boulevard because there's Bellagio. So that's the strip. So this would be Flamingo. Oh, so it's going to go down Flamingo. Which way are we going? Which way are the car is going? That's what I want to know. Who knows? <laughs> Who really knows? Is there two way traffic? No. So on the strip, you know where they have the median in between yeah. with the with the astroturf and the plants and the trees and stuff. Yeah. All right. So are there going to be speed racers on both sides of that? Or is it just one side of that? Who knows? I mean, no, come on. You're the guy. You don't know. I don't know. You just showed me a map. I asked for a map. Boom. Within seconds, you get, you got me a map. You have no idea. No. Who's our traffic coordinator? Who's our traffic coordinator of the show? 
We got to get them on. Do we have a traffic coordinator? No, we got to get one. We do. I want to find out. You know, now with bicycles, it'd be uh, Alan Snell. We yes, know that. All right, for sure. He may know the answer to this. I want to know. I want to know directions. I want to know which way they're going clockwise, counterclockwise. Which way would that be? Uh, west of the strip, south. Who knows what? I have no idea. East, west. No, that'd be north and south on the strip. And then you're turning. What street is that right here? What is it? What, what is that? Okay, so you Koval. Oh, so Koval. Koval. Koval doesn't go that way. See, I'm looking at it from the wrong way. If that's the boulevard, if that's the strip, you do I got to get my sound effects going too? Are you asking what this street is? No. This one is Koval right here. Koval's over there. Oh, okay. So, so, it's so Flam- the yeah. boulevard yeah. to Flamingo. No, that's Flamingo. Up. Boulevard. Then, okay. That's okay. the little pit. Little, that's little pit Whatever area. you want to call okay, that. But it's little, doing a little loop-de-doo there. Is that what you're saying? And then you're coming back. And then, so Koval, okay, I get that, because that's, yeah. So I've been spending a lot of time on Koval. And, and then the they're going up and around the sphere. Oh, there it is. Okay, now I see it. Now, now then, I see it, yeah. And then back around. Onto the boulevard yeah. at, like. And how many laps are we doing? Come on, man. You I don't know. I, I, we got we got to, we got to. We, we got to get a race driver, and <laughs> we got to get a race coordinator. Yeah, we, yeah, that's right. We need a correspondent. After the we traffic need, correspondent. We need, we need a traffic correspondent. We need a race navigator correspondent. Heck, we need some vehicles too. Maybe our next guest, or our hopefully, first guest. Hopefully, our, our first guest will know. All right, let me tell you the lineup today, okay? We've got an action packed lineup today. Now, do you want to go from, from cleanup? Uh, to the front, or do you want to go with l- the leadoff hitter to clean up? How do you want to do this? Let's go batting order. Bet you want to go one, two, order. three, four. All right, leading off and playing, I believe, second base because she's about five foot two and a hundred and nothing. There you go. As from the movie Rudy, you know, you're five foot nothing. You're a hundred and nothing without a speck of athletic ability. That'd be Heidi Fang. She's our leadoff hitter today. There you go. The crowd going crazy for the leadoff hitter. You tell us not Jose Altuvia, they'd be booing. Only on the road. But at home, of course, they're going crazy. Uh, batting second, uh, kind of a, a burly uh, second-place hitter, the offensive lineman himself, the one and only, the 15-time Emmy Award winner, uh, who's eh, probably 500 on his best bet so far, the one and only, the center, Trevor Maddich. <laughs> batting third. I believe uh, we know that uh, he can pitch from the mound. We've seen that, even though Mattress Firm will not allow him to pitch from the mound. But batting up in the box there, doing his best Jordan Alvarez impersonation, the one and only, the heavy hitter himself, the heavy hitter at the sportsbook, Mattress Mac. Pay that man his money. That's right. And your cleanup hitter, ladies and gentlemen, the all-everything. She can play any sport she wants. We know she's the reigning two-time back-to-back defensive player of the year. Should have been the back-to-back MVP of the WNBA, your Las Vegas Aces, Asia Wilson. There's your lineup. How's that line? Jam-packed. Coming your way today. So yeah, we've got baseball to talk about. Aces game two tonight at the house. Six o'clock start time, baby. Get ready. Who's starting tonight? 5.30. Pre-game show. Oh, yeah. Football and more. And our leadoff hitter, the one and only Heidi Fang. Does she get a walk-up song? 
Come on. Where's her walk-up song? We got to do this. We got to do it right. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting. What's your number? What do you like, a two, a seven? What's your number? 17. Number 17. Heidi <laughs> Fang, a.k.a. The Fanger. Well, uh, you can tell that she's a Dodger fan playing this music. There oh, my God, no. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I just screamed out loud, and I'm around people. Sorry. What's up, Heidi? I'm sorry. Are you our astute traffic coordinator, our Formula One uh, person that can tell us, uh, you know, which way they're going to be driving on the strip? Are they going to be going both north and south? Okay. Are they going to be driving on both sides of the medium where the fake AstroTurf is and the palm trees and everything? I need to know these things. Probably. I really don't have the full lowdown. I mean, I've got some drone footage that... We've had people out taking um, around the area. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, anything but a Dodgers fan. I got so distracted by that. And then I messed up um, a stand-up that or some local TV personalities were doing because I yelled, oh, my God, no. And I feel really bad about it. But if we're number one, you got McLaren, you got Ferraris, you got the Red Bull Racing Team for stopping McLaren. Did I say McLaren's already? Anyway, they are going to be – I know that they've been doing a lot of work around – UNLV area, they've got those, uh, you know, podium things that go up around there, the paddocks. They've got paddocks that are going to go up around Caesars. Um, there's a ton of work being done around the city, as you probably well know if you've been driving around anywhere near the 15 and all that area, how much construction has been done with everything that's happening. So, yeah, it, it's always, uh, always fun traffic-wise trying to find your way around these days. Because you never know if it's like freeway construction, Dean Martin construction, if they're doing something for the F1 paddocks, you know, but it's going to be a blast once this year comes, you know, full circle with all the major events coming into town. I mean, just it's a sports dream right now to be in Las Vegas. Oh, by the way, we do have a Super Bowl coming in February. How about that? I'll still forget. Yeah, that. yeah, there's, there's that. There's that. Yeah, there is that. They've got a ball traveling around the city and everything that has a countdown. Yeah, I had, had my picture taken at the ball when they were over at the uh, the Westgate a couple weeks ago. That was, yeah, they came on by. Uh, so let me ask you this: uh, Are you covering the Formula One? I will not be certain. <laughs> there as of right now. Um, ideally, I'd love to be there to really? cover it. Really? I, would you? So, Seriously, why would you yeah. want to be in that mess? I don't want to be anywhere near that. I think it's a great time to go on vacation. It's a major event. I mean, in well, a sure it is. like we're talking yeah. worldwide hey. thing, you know, that I've only for the lifetime that I've lived been able to see on TV. And so to experience any major sporting event to me is a treat. And whether it's F1, whether it's right, I mean, to watch cars drive at speeds that are just unconscionable for somebody like me to even think about how you would perform something like those tight turns. I just watched Gran Turismo, by the way. So, you know, I've been like, wow, 225 miles per hour on a turn. How? Like, you can watch it, witness ah. it. It's like, plus, I got a cousin that's really into all the cars and stuff. He gets to look at all these prototype cars, and I've been seeing all the photos and things that he gets to photograph. I've been a little bit jealous. I haven't had the close opportunities he has with these vehicles that have been masterminded by people that are engineer geniuses that know how to do these things with cars. Yeah, I want to see it. Ah, so you're a race skank. Ah! 
wouldn't go that far, you know. Okay, I, I say that in fun and jest because you probably don't know where I'm going with that, but that's from the movie Focus. Great movie. Oh, okay. You see, you see Focus? Will I, Smith? I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. Margot Robbie's in it. Yeah, Margot. And they, that's what they kept calling her. And she goes, I'm not a race skank. And they kept calling her that. I thought it was hilarious. Matter of fact, I just watched that again the other night. And one of the best scenes of all time is the gambling scene at the fake Super Bowl in the Superdome where they're betting on everything. That is phenomenal where will smith is betting with uh with with dr uh you or wow or woo wait from from law and order he's fantastic you know what i'm talking about i, I never you. watched law and order not uh, one episode <laughs> but you, have you seen focus you got to see focus yes okay just yes. Go, just go 30 minutes into focus i think it's 33 34 minutes into it and watch that scene you don't need to watch the rest of it that that's the best scene. i haven't watched it in a minute i did watch it I remember something about the number 55 and the yes! they're doing some kind of, exactly. kind of grift. Yes. And they say everything that the guy is doing is like programmed to make him yes, think of five. Yes. Yes. See, there that's it is. where I'm at. That's you, you got it. See, you nailed it. Now you spoiler alerted it for everybody, you know, who hadn't seen but it. But no, tell anybody about what the scene was. That's true. Well, it's 55, just 55. That's all they're going to know. And when they see it, they're like, Oh, yeah. Well, that's what the Fanger was talking about. Yeah. Fanger and <laughs> 55, the race gank. I got it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little VGK. Now, I don't know if you were at the game last night. Uh, I was there, uh, the opener. Uh, Golden Knights win four to one. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, goal. Jonathan Marceau, goal. Ivan Barbashev, goal. Uh, Jack Eichel, goal. Jack Eichel. There it is. There go. I got them all. I want to make sure I got them all. Aiden Hill, 23, <laughs> sa- 23 saves for Aiden Hill. Uh, a convincing win. And um, I don't know. Uh, you know, they started off on on the right foot, so to speak. But I want to know what your take was on the on the ceremony because, you know, the game was supposed to start at like 7.30 and they backed it up to like 7.37. Then it was going to be 7.45. Then it was 7.53. It didn't get going until 8.14 because I believe they wanted to make sure that the um, Blackhawks, what, Penguins game was completed and they wanted to make sure that they showed all of this on ESPN last night with the ceremony. So... Did you get a chance to see any of that, Heidi? I only saw it kind of on, what are we calling it now, X and on social media highlights. Yeah. So that's the time of night that I was kind of, you know, giving baths and tucking in uh, hospital corners, things like that, you know. Um, but it, I did catch up. I did actually report on it this morning, and I watched the ceremony, uh, but I didn't see how it went. On TV, if you know what I mean, like the sequence that you were discussing, yeah. I wasn't able to actually watch what happened in the turnover of channels and games. I just saw it like as it was, you know, presented, and I thought it, they did a beautiful job of it. I like the big jackpot thing. I mean, you have like sevens and golden knights and did you really? Did you really? Did you really? You didn't think you didn't think it was kind of cheesy. Here comes this big old slot machine, and we're sitting cheesy. I mean, it was Vegas exactly. But here's the thing. I mean, I thought the Marcus Royal thing on the UNLV sideline during football games was cheesy. Like, oh, turnover chain, like Miami. Now we, oh, let's get the Vegas slot machine. Half these kids aren't even old enough to do the slot. So that was kind of goofy. True, true. But know? it went viral, TC. Uh, it went viral. Yeah, I guess. You're and right. And that's what the world is about these yeah, days. Yeah. What goes viral will this go viral. 
So let me let me set the stage. So we're watching this. So they bring they bring this gigantic slot machine out. I don't know if it was real, if it was constructed or what it was. And so when uh, Mark Stone goes and pulls the lever, we're going, oh, what's it gonna be? Oh, I oh I get it. I bet Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Three Stanley Cups. Jackpot. There it is. There you go. There you go. Or as they did, as they say in in Ocean's Eleven. Susan B. Anthony, the old Susan, Susan B. Anthony, the way they end the movie with that. That's another classic one. You know what I'm talking about. Very. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. That one I knew. So here's the deal, Heidi. How much did they spend on that slot machine? That's what I want to know. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. First, you got to program it. You don't just get, you know, any old thing. You have to be able to make sure it hits. Right. Well, you, well, you're, 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 you're not saying it was just a bunch. Of, are you trying to say you don't think it was like a, a just a, a bunch of cardboard or something? And it was like the uh, the um, you know the hand turned uh, Fenway Park or Wrigley Field where you know someone's in the back there and putting it up and putting up a card, putting another card and putting another card. You're not saying that it was that. Well, there was this one time I tried to make a hoverboard by taking a bunch of rubber bands and popsicle sticks with glue and then a fan over water. And my invention prototype didn't quite work out. So I'm pretty sure they didn't go that route. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure they probably paid What was that, sixth money. grade? Was that sixth grade or ninth grade? Oh, you did it like fifth or sixth. You know, everybody else had a volcano. Yeah. And I thought Back to the Future. Uh, and I wanted to make a hoverboard. And I thought I was going to be a genius and get a patent and stuff. And so I collected so many. You have no idea how many popsicle sticks I collected. I bet. Oh my God. Well, I thought I was going to invent a hoverboard with a fan <laughs> and a little plastic ring thing that you filled up with some water. And, and I had, I had a plan. I had a prototype. Back to the fake Just slot like, machine. Okay. So what's, what's your guess? 35, 30 grand, 10 grand, 15 grand. I mean, come I on. would say for the size, the width, the materials, the programming, you got at least 10 right? minimum. At least. I'm thinking at least 10. So in retrospect, going back to my previous statement where I said I thought it was cool that we're spending $10,000 mm-hmm. on slot machines that are right. just for a one-time show. Think that's, Maybe it's not. That's where I'm Maybe going. That's where I'm going. <laughs> and I'm going to say, I'm going to take the over on the ten grand. I think it, it this had to is be. This is Vegas, though. Uh, it had about to be. the grandeur. Yeah, I don't know. From a, you know, from the press box, it looked you know kind of cheesy. But but then here's the other thing, okay? And not to to, to bag on the Golden Knights because we love the Golden Knights, and okay, it was entertaining. But here's the deal: they have the banner, and then the banner comes up over the the slot machine, and it's like start to you know to raise up from the ground from the ice yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it stops yeah. okay let's oh and then i really felt like we were back at little league and you have a, <laughs> our, our guy bruce kusick who gets on the mic and says okay it is now time to pose for a photo and all the players go oh, okay well yeah you know, i guess we rehearsed this yeah so now let's go out here and meanwhile the um Cracking, you know, waiting to play a hockey game. It's already eight fourteen now, and now let's strike a pose, like Madonna once said. Uh, and uh, we're we're going to take a picture in front of the slot machine with it has the Stanley Cup, uh, three Stanley Cups on there, and then now you have the banner. Okay, now let's get back to playing hockey. So they slowly but surely start raising the banner up, and we're going, okay, well, how far is this going to go up? I I know where the place on the rafters oh, is supposed to go. Uh... 
way. <laughs> but but it didn't. It went up about 50, 60 feet, and it, it went so slow, oh. I couldn't believe it. And they left it there. They just left it hanging up there. And I'm going, I know that's not the permanent housing spot for this thing. So, you know, like they did with the Aces and, and every other championship banner that I, you know, ceremony I've seen, they just have it in place, and then voila, they break down the curtain, you know, and then it's up there. That thing was sitting, you know, about you know eighty feet above the ice the whole game. It, 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 it I, thought the, I thought that was like maximum torque. Yeah. That they applied that maximum amount of torque. I don't know. I, you see again, you're getting engineer on me, and you, I don't. You're a better engineer than I am. You know. <laughs> I got that from my cousin Vinny. <laughs> they applied the maximum amount of torque as required by NASA engineers. <laughs> there it is. Oh, Mar- Marissa Tomei. Oh, you you do a great Marissa Tomei. You do. I try. I love that movie. I've seen it like seven hundred times. All right, Raiders. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Monday night. Like like the way I just segue. Boom, Raiders. Seventeen. Boom. Seventeen thirteen. Home team. Well, wait a minute. Were they really the home team? What was your view on that? Were they the home team or not? This time, um, you know, it's always hard to really tell in there. I think if anybody really took over the stadium, it was the Steelers in week four. So it felt this time around like maybe a 60-40 split, though, Packers to Raiders fans. You know, the Raiders fans out in the parking lot that I was speaking with, you know, they were just like, man, this is nuts. If we get back to winning, maybe, you know, we'll see some more Raider fans around here. But it's been, you know, a destination spot for what it's worth, you know. And when people come to Vegas and they see their team, they they want to be here. They want to be part of the action. They want to see Allegiant. They want that experience, the, the grandeur that the new stadium offers. So, I mean, two years in here where we've had you know, a lot of fans coming from all over, it's like every game you could see, wow, this whole side, the away side, is completely sold out by away fans. It's it's crazy how much takeover there's been by opposing teams. But really not surprising, right? Not surprising? No, I mean, it's Vegas. Like it's a destination city. It's a new stadium. People want to come and, and get the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially That's Packer I think fans. It's not so surprising. Especially, I mean, you Steeler yeah. fans, Packer fans. I mean, circle on the calendar. You know, at the end of April when the schedule came out, it's like, oh yeah, we, you know, we're going to be there. I mean, remember, 100%. remember how Wisconsin fans flocked to Vegas to play UNLV or a bowl game or whatever. It's like, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, Packer fans are you know ten times over those those Badger fans. So. Yeah, for me, it was, it wasn't really a surprise, but, and again, we, we got to get used to it because we've seen it from, you know, with Washington to Philadelphia. Of course, you know, Broncos, Chiefs, we've seen that. Niners, uh, makes all the sense in the world, but, you know, I don't know. Patriot fans, I mean, they, they are having a, a pretty bad season, as we know. Is it going to be that way again <laughs> on Sunday? What do you think? Not if they watch the Saints game, they're not. Right. And 34 nothing. I don't think they'd be like, yeah, let me jump out and get my pocketbook and go see how much a ticket costs to Las Vegas unless they just, you know, are really that diehard. I'm not going to say people aren't diehard enough about their teams because, you know, you see a lot of loyal teams like the Steelers, you know, with even as banged up as they were and the, the team not doing well offensively. At that point, when they came out here for the Raiders, all of those fans still showed up because the Steelers, the yeah, country folks, they're they're ra- they're rabid about the team and their fandom. So I think it all just depends on 
the timing is it the right time weekend getting people out you know is the team doing well is the team not doing well I don't know if that's so much of, of a thing or a factor because there's yeah, enough diehard fans in the world the NFL so they'll come out regardless just to even get the experience so we'll, we'll see but I don't know I, I think the Patriots game may be the one where the Raiders are going to be able to have the 60 percent upper hand <laughs> right. on a 40 percent Patriots crowd mm. All right, so what's your overall takeaway from the game Monday night and what you've seen uh, from the Raiders' first five weeks? My overall takeaway from what I saw Monday night, um, they were able to spread the ball around more. They kind of got Josh Jacobs going a little bit more. At least he saw the end zone. Um, you know, when Devontae gets taken away, you see other guys step up like Jacoby Myers. He's going to be facing his old team and has a lot to make up for there based off of what happened against the Patriots, you know, to – the his ship right against this team. Uh, and then you had the defense really starting to get the turnover battle uh, going to them in the past couple of weeks, starting off with Trayvon Merrick's first interception for the Raiders, where the team, I mean, as a team, that was their first one of the season. And then you have Robert Spillane with a couple. Amik Robertson gets the first one as a cornerback, you know, for the Raiders. In light, uh, with Nate Hobbs not starting, he's been stepping up marvelously. So you think, you know, you, you think this team has been with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. I'd say they're, they're trying to turn that rudder, but like they said in the Titanic, it's a big rudder and she turns pretty slow. But I think they're going to be able to kind of get things right down the stretch here. You look at the schedule, they got the Jets, they got the Giants. They have uh, maybe a tough one with the Lions on the road. You know, the Bears are on the schedule coming up. So I think that this game presents an opportunity for the Raiders to try to keep that momentum going off of the last two where they did do things right, whether it was a win or a loss in the last one or two. You know, they have been getting things on the path that they need to go on to have success. They just need consistency. They need the offense to really get clicking. And, you know, there's got to be some times where – you, you look to those second reads a little quicker. Uh, if you're Jimmy, I know he's getting, he got flushed out a couple times out of the pocket and you saw Jermaine Illuminor, their right tackle was hurt. So they have brought in Thayer Mumford for most of the second half. Jermaine's a little banged up, but I, I saw him a little bit today in the locker room. He's looking like he might, you know, ha- have got the treatment that he needed. Maybe he's going to come back out. The coach did say he's a little banged up, but I, I think, um, if they can really solidify that offensive line get Jimmy going with a little bit of time so he could progress down his reads. You're going to see a, a lot more from the offense coming, if, especially, too, Josh Jacobs can keep it going. All right, got to see, uh, you know, five games. Uh, this team, I don't believe, has eclipsed, eclipsed over 300 yards yet. Uh, hadn't scored no, over 20 points. or 20 points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. it's insane. You know, after five games, I mean, let's let's face it, we're basically, you know, almost a third of the way uh, through the season. And that's, uh, you know, that's not a trend. I mean, that that's not... You know, that's basically, okay, you kind of are what you are at this point in time. And, you know, I feel that they are getting a little bit of a break with the schedule. They got the Packers last week, obviously with, you know, with Jordan Lovett quarterback and the way the Patriots are, are, are playing right now. So uh, they've got an opportunity as bad as they've played, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they may be able to put a, a few wins together here. We'll see. We will see. I mean, it starts, you know, with this game. Can Prediction. Can Prediction. Going? Give it to me. What do you got? 
Drum roll, Nub Jump. Um, Here comes a Heidi Fang prediction. Here it is. If they start Mac Jones, Raiders 21, Patriots 13. Ooh, 21. They're going to eclipse that 20, huh? I think they're going to just barely, barely, it's baby steps. PC, baby steps. <laughs> like, what about Bob? Baby steps to the front door, baby steps to the elevator, baby steps downstairs. Look at the They're references. The movie references that we have gotten on during this segment, I, I, it's like <laughs> four, maybe five, you know? <laughs> they always say, talk about what you know. I watched a whole hell of a lot of movies. <laughs> I, I love it. And you, and you and I watch the same kind of like goofy, meaningless movies. There it is. Yes. You know? Those are my favorite. I just wait it for you to zone out. I'm just waiting for you to give me a, a Fargo line uh, uh, you know, before we exit here. <laughs> the pancakes. Let's go get some pancakes. <laughs> Go Bears! Yeah. The pancake house. Oh. Uh, yeah. You notice anything? Uh, Maybe did you notice anything? Uh, you know, significant. You really got to go for the clear coat, TC. If you don't get the clear coat, <laughs> I mean, the clear coat's really worth it. I thought she was going to go with the circumcision line. That's where I thought she was going to go. Uh, no, that's not meant for radio. <laughs> But yeah, it's you're right. You're right. It's probably it's probably more meant for television. You're right for the big screen. <laughs> uh, hey, but we didn't get a visual of that on uh, during the movie. Okay, so you know it was just a it was just audio. So we're giving you audio here. Come on, Heidi Fang, have some fun. Audio. See, there it is. Audio. Audio. All right. I'll see you later, audio. I appreciate. Uh, okay. You know. Don't forget to get the clear coat. It's really gonna add a whole extra three years to that paint job. Oh yeah! Don't forget, it's a Radisson, you oh, know. Oh yeah. It's a Radisson. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like oh, yeah. Heidi. Heidi, I I really like you. I like you so much. I really like you. I like you so much, Heidi. You really like me. You really like me. <laughs> That's Michael Yamagita. He just checked in. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was a Sally Field from the Oscars. No, we're, we're, we're still a Fargo. Uh, Michael Yamagita. Uh, you didn't catch that in the yes. Radisson during the lunch? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, there it is. All right, we will let you go, my dear. Thank you for the nonsense. All right. We always care. Thank you. You're so welcome. That's what we do. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye. There it is, Heidi Fang, Las Vegas Review Journal. Go check out her photos, her blogs, her videos, everything. RJ, Heidi Fang appearing at a sporting event near you. We come back. Uh-oh. It's, it's about that time, isn't it? It's about that time. Pitching change? I don't know. Trevor Maddich coming up next. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. in. All right. Uh, programming reminder. Tomorrow we will be at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. That's a Thursday. And then on the road Friday as we go to New York for game number three between the Aces and the Liberty WNBA Finals. So uh, Brian Feldman... Chris Wynn be filling in on Friday. So tomorrow, we're at the Westgate. We've been alternating. We've been doing the Friday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday. It's kind of worked out pretty good there. And uh, we get ready for Thursday Night Football between the Chiefs and the Broncos tomorrow. So yeah, we'll be doing our best bets manana for that uh, as well, too. So 2 to 4 p.m., of course, come see the show live inside the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas tomorrow. Myself, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader, Mike Tice may be joining us uh, as well, too, because someone needs to pay up 
on their food bets. That's right. Somebody had the Rams last week. Somebody had the Eagles. So the person who had the Eagles <coughs> gets to cash in with a bucket of chicken. What do you think of that? No, a joking. bucket of chicken. Yeah. Maybe even a steak as well, too. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Pay that man his money. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, Mattress Mac will be joining us next hour. Asia Wilson. Hang tight for all that and more here on this wild Wednesday. And we go to our college football slash NFL guru, the one and only Trevor Maddich. What is going on, my man? Trevor Maddich, Q now. I'm doing good, TC. I'm not doing aces good, but I'm still doing pretty good. You'd be doing kings good? Uh, maybe. Queens? Straight? Flush? What do you think? No, well, definitely not aces and eights. Let's put it that way. Oh, aces and eights. And if, like you've ever, if you've ever been to Deadwood, South Dakota, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I would probably say you may be the only one of our audience that has maybe been to Deadwood, South Dakota. Well, maybe I've inspired a, a, a tourism rush to Deadwood from Las Vegas. Could be. You did talk about it. You, you should know. go if you haven't been. It's it's one of the most amazing places, and all around it, the the national parks around it. The, the it's just an amazing area. Okay, there it is. Uh, that is coming from the uh, Deadwood, South Dakota uh, Chamber of Commerce President Trevor Maddich. Yes, and tell him I tell him I sent you. <laughs> okay. Um, since we're doing that, let's play a little word association, okay? I give right. you a person's name. I want the first thing that pops in your head, and you could you can limit it to one, two, three words, whatever you want, and then you can just race with it, my friend. Are you ready to play? I am ready to play. There he is, our contestant, Trevor Maddich. Today's subject is... Numbchuck, can we get a drum roll, please? There we go. We start off the Trevor Maddich segment with... Mario Cristobal. Oops. <laughs> Oops, I did it Oops again. Is the word. Oops. Oh, my goodness. In one decision, what a cascading parade of apples. <laughs> oh, man. Well, for, for people that don't know, head coach of Miami had the Georgia Tech game one last week. And all they had to do was kneel on the ball. They had, you know, plenty of downs to run the clock out to zero. Decides to hand it off instead. And then that was the first bad decision. The second bad thing that happened was the running back who got the run. What's his first prime directive? Don't fumble the ball. What did you do? Fumble the ball. Now give Georgia Tech's defense some credit because they, um, you know, they uh, did a good job stripping the ball. But still, don't fumble the ball. So now Georgia Tech has the ball down three in the final minute and what's the first time directive of the Miami secondary don't let a receiver get behind you for a long touchdown pass so what happens my uh, Georgia Tech receiver gets behind him for a long touchdown pass it, it was just it was just incredible all the bad things that had to happen to get us to this point and the only way to really describe it now because of the the parade of awfuls and the cascade of ugly that has descended upon the program is oops mm -hmm. Oops, I did it again. There you go. Um, and that's it, Trevor. He did it again. That's the key word because he did this at Oregon. There was a similar situation. He did at Oregon. Hello? This is the second time. Do you see if you can hear me? I can't hear you. I can, I can, I can hear myself. I can hear you. 
And uh, is it is it tre- is it Trevor Phone? Trevor Phone again. Trevor, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Hello. Hello. We are here, my friend. It is uh, Numchuck. Please, we, I'm having a flashback here. This happened a couple weeks ago with him. Please tell him to maybe face north if he's facing south or something of that nature. I don't know what happened there. There it is. All right. All right. Numchuck is getting Trevor back. See, I got to believe it's on his end. All right. I usually like to blame Numchuck for these things, but yeah, I know. You haven't, you didn't touch anything. And it's not like it's a windy day. The wind's blowing out of Wrigley Field. You know, 75 miles an hour. It's going to, you know, mess with the transmitter or something. There it is. There you go. That's it. And intermission is now over. I hope you got your popcorn and soda. Back to Trevor Maddich. Did you hear that explanation of the Miami situation? Yeah, it was great. It was, yes, it was fantastic. It was great. I'm glad you're here. But then I couldn't hear you. It just went blank. So, All right. So here's what you know, I said. Uh, I said yeah. the keyword where I said, oops, he did it again because, again, he did this in Oregon. He did this in Oregon. The same scenario happened when he was there. Trevor, how can a coach not have a Neil Diamond play? And I'm not talking about Sweet Caroline. How can they not have a Neil Diamond in the book? Everybody has Neil Diamond in the book. Neil Diamond. Neil down. And they don't practice it. I mean, come on, you've been around forever. You know, training camps, practices, high school, college, pros. You visited on Trevor's Travels. Doesn't everybody do this? Like the first or second practice? Hey, let's get this in our players' heads. Victory formation. He's never done it. Yeah, well, they practice it because they don't want to go into the game and call victory formation and have the players stand around on TV saying, oh, where do we line up? Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, they do practice it. And by the way, only a, a genius in both music history and football history would connect, oops, I did it again with with the fact that Mario Cristobal did the same thing <laughs> when he was head coach of Oregon and lost to Stanford in overtime. There it is. Because of it. Thank so, you very much. Yeah, so there, there. Cool connection there. Boom. You are, Boom. Shuck it like a you connect Boom. Two genres. Look at you know, that. You're kind of like the Taylor Swift <laughs> of, uh, of Las Vegas radio because she connects the music world with the football world. Yeah. Right? Just as, yeah. Lo- just as long as you're not uh, pretending to be Travis Kelsey, we're good. No, Travis Kelsey. No, as good as he is, I would I would hate to have him have to be compared to me. Uh, I was just saying, if I'm Taylor Swift, I don't want you to be Travis Kelsey because then that would that would both that, you know people would think we're a couple or something like that. Well, you know, as you they say in Seinfeld, not, noticed, not that there's anything wrong with too, it. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, that that was amazing. Now, let me ask you something here with this Miami situation. This team was undefeated and the schedule was you know I'm, I'm not gonna say easy going forward but it was very very doable trevor where this team could maybe go undefeated maybe they could go one loss maybe they go to the acc championship game you know maybe get in the playoff here and they had all kinds of mojo and now cristobal you know costs them where they lose the game now to georgia tech and now they got to go to north carolina and play unc 
You know, Matt Brown, he's got an offense. We know that. But seriously, what does this do for this team going forward after you lose a game that way and you got to hear the ridicule for the last, you know, five, you know, plus days. And by the time you play again in the next six or seven days, what do you think this does? Does it do anything, you know, to impact this team negatively? Well, it could possibly wreck the season. I mean, when you looked at the Miami players on the sideline, after Georgia Tech scored that game-winning touchdown, some of them were in tears. Some of them were hanging their head. They looked they looked completely dejected. And if they thought, you know what, our coach cost us the chance to win this game. Uh, we had won the game. The players who won the game, the coach lost it for us, right? Which is not fair. But if that's the emotion, then it'll it'll affect how they practice. Not because they want to get back at the coach, but because you have to be all together focused in the same direction with strong leadership from the coaching rooms and from the locker room in order to get the practice in the way you need to get in in order to compete against a team like North Carolina. So that's the first big worry. Do they have the sense of urgency and focus and leadership to practice the way they need to practice all week? But the other thing, just from a mathematical standpoint, is that the ACC does not have um, th- th- their divisions no longer matter in terms of who goes to the ACC championship game. It's just the top two teams, right. like Big 12 style, Pac-12 style now. And uh, and there are a lot of teams competing for that spot. I mean, Georgia Tech is still involved. Louisville's undefeated. Florida State may be the best team in the conference. I mean, and all of a sudden now, Georgia Tech has the head-to-head over Miami, and Miami is going to have to somehow find a way to get in when they've got to play at North Carolina Later on, they play at NC State. They have to play Clemson. They play at Florida State, and they get Louisville at home in mid-November. And so if they lose one more game, chances are very good that they're out of the conference race when if they lost one more game, they would have still been in the conference race because they only have one loss. You get two losses, you have to have a ton of help. So how does it affect them? Well, it, it, it opens the door for their season to be over, and it will be talked about for decades as the bonehead move that ended the season, you know? So now for that to play out that way, they'll have to, you know, the, the season will have to break a certain way, but it could well break that way. I feel kind of bad for everybody over there. Cause I will say this about Mario Cristobal. He's an outstanding coach. He's doing great things at Miami. And when I first saw it happen, TC, I didn't think what the announcers on TV thought. The announcers on TV thought it was a bonehead move. And you can definitely make that case. And, and everybody, you know, thinks that my thought was, Okay, Mario Cristobal, offensive line guy, wants to end this game the way he started it. Fire off the ball, go downhill, hit him in the mouth, and when the final gun sounds, we're done. Right. Now, he never, he didn't say that after the game at his press conference. That was my impression of what he was trying to do. No, you're right. Sure. Yeah. yeah, probably. But he's not a bad coach because of this. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Miami, North Carolina. Is that going to make your best bets card, you think? I don't know. Yeah. My, my best bets card are, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, soiled a little bit it's like it's been stomped in the mud by ancient cowboy boots in the town of deadwood north south dakota and so you know it's uh nobody's been playing the way that they should be playing recently so anyway that messes up me and my uh matchups but as far as this game goes um the thing about north carolina is that their their offense is good and it's getting better because the ncaa just allowed receiver tez walker transfer from kent state to play you know, up until now, they said that he couldn't play because of the way that transfer stuff happened before he transferred over to North Carolina. And there was such an uproar because the NCAA was just flat wrong in every way possible to be wrong that they finally took a step back and let him play. He's, he's about 6'3". He's a downfield threat. 
and he makes that North Carolina defense better. Plus, the North Carolina defense, I thought if you know, they were heinous last year, they were horrifically bad. I thought that if the Tar Heel defense improved from heinous to average, this is a team that could compete for the ACC championship and maybe beyond. And they have done that. Their, their, their defensive stats are about average in the ACC, and that is a massive bit of good news for North Carolina fans. So Miami's going to have their handful. Trevor Mass joins us, ESPN College Football, and of course, regular with us, part of our best bets each and every week. The game of the week, though, Trevor, definitely is Notre Dame and USC, that rivalry. Mm. Uh, Notre Dame facing their fourth-ranked team so far this season, and it's not even mid-October. Think about that. Notre Dame-SC, how do you see it? You know, the, it, it, if the Louisville game hadn't happened, I would think that, that Notre Dame would win, and I'm still leading Notre Dame in this game. You know, they, they played a, a heartbreaking loss that went down to the last play against Ohio State. Then the next week, they played a, a brutally physical game against Duke that Notre Dame had the game-winning drive at the very end. That That's emotionally and physically exhausting. Then they go play at Louisville at night. And with USC coming up the next week, it was the classic trap moment. And so Notre Dame, they were favored by about a touchdown, but Louisville just blew them out. Uh, and, and I worry about that for Notre Dame. You know, they, they were flat in that game. I don't think they'll be flat against USC, but here's where I think they can rebound. USC's offense, one of the best in the country. USC's defense, one of the worst in the country by any stretch, except for one. USC is very good at sacking quarterbacks, but they can't stop the pass and they can't stop the run and they can't tackle. Other than that, they're pretty good. And Notre Dame, the best thing they've got going for them is the running game. I just don't see any way that USC's defense is going to be able to hold up against the running attack that Notre Dame will put on them. The Notre Dame receivers coming into the season were a big question mark. Well, some of those young guys and new guys stepped up and performed well early, but then they had a bunch of injuries, and that's been part of the problem with Notre Dame's offense. The the, the perimeter receivers have just not been a factor in the last several games. They've had to throw to tight ends. So how do you keep up with, with Caleb Williams and the USC offense? Well, you don't let him on the field. And so this is going to be an interesting game where USC is going to be partying like it's 2023 and Notre Dame is going to be partying like it's 1979. Just hand the ball off. Here's the thing, though. At USC, we talk about Caleb Williams, we talk about the electric offense, but we have seen the chinks in the armor with USC defensively. They're giving up 421 yards per game. Now, that doesn't bode well because we know the Irish – have an explosive offense, even though maybe we didn't see too much of it last week when they lost to Louisville. And you could probably make the case that Notre Dame was looking ahead uh, to USC coming off Ohio State and then Duke and all these road games here and then on the road to Louisville last week. Uh, I hope Notre Dame bounces back. But how concerned are you about USC defensively? And I don't know for you, Trevor, for me – I'm thinking, okay, this is more Lincoln-Riley because this is what we saw at Oklahoma. I mean, we saw the the dynamic offense, but how many games did they win? Like, you know, 48-42 to 42 or, you know, 54-51 to 51 or whatever. And it seems like that is carrying over to Southern California now. Yeah, and I thought that they'd be a lot better this year than last year in Lincoln-Riley's first season with the Trojans because they brought in uh, legitimately outstanding transfers in the front seven. You know, they brought in a, a transfer linebacker from Oklahoma State who's probably the best player on that defense right now. They brought in 
three defensive tackles, including Bear Alexander from Georgia, who are all three really good players. And I thought, okay, you're going to improve from heinous to decent, right? Well, they haven't. They, they remain heinous, except for rushing the passer. And, uh, and so, you know, in terms of rushing defense, in terms of yards per carry, which is the stat that really matters, the only two teams in the Pac-12 giving up more yards per carry on defense in their rushing defense than USC or Colorado and Stanford. Colorado and Stanford. They're the only two that are worse than you. Arizona is better than you. Arizona State <laughs> is better than you. Right? The, uh, so this is the problem. And when they've got to face, whether it's regular season or, or, uh, back to championship game or both, Oregon and Washington, Oregon, Oregon's got a pretty good defense, uh, I believe. They haven't played anybody yet. We're about to find out against Washington. Washington's got a pretty good defense, although they've got some flaws in that defense. But you can't say either one of those defense is just a bad defense. You can't do it yet. You can say we're not quite sure, but they seem pretty good. And so USC's offense will face a fair fight in a comparison to the Oregon and Washington offenses. But USC's defense is far below, far below the uh, the abilities of Oregon and Washington's defense. And the one thing that USC's defense does well, which is rush the passer. They lead the SC, or the Pac-12 in sacks. They're one of the best in the country in sacks. The problem is that both Bo Nix, quarterback of Oregon, and Michael Pettis Jr., quarterback of Washington, excel when they're under pressure. They're really good. They do it different ways. Pettis will throw the ball down the field under pressure and torch deep, whereas Nix will throw the ball short and just dink you and dunk you to death when you blitz and when you pressure. Um, but either way, that's the one advantage they have on defense, USC. And it's probably not going to help them against those two teams. So it comes back to your original premise, TC. Will their defense squander the opportunity that their offense provides? And just like the uh, Baker Mayfield Oklahoma Sooners back in 17 when he won the Heisman Trophy, the Kyler Murray Oklahoma Sooners back in 18, I believe, when he won the Heisman Trophy, both epic offenses, both awful defenses, and neither Heisman winner got to the national championship game because of their defense, and it may well happen again to Caleb Williams. I totally agree with you. All right, you, you uh, spoke about Oregon and Washington, and that would be game one and one A. We talk about Notre Dame and USC being the game of the week, and then you've got uh, Oregon and Washington, uh, the Pac-12, the Pac-2, call it whatever you want, my friend. But how do you see this game? You mentioned the two quarterbacks in Penix Jr. and in Bo Nix. Uh, which defense is going to show up? Who wins this game? Yeah, my 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 edge goes to Oregon because you look at their defensive line and they're just better at getting penetration, disrupting running plays in the backfield, and getting after the quarterback. Especially with Brandon Orlis, number three defensive tackle. Oh man, is that guy up? He's a human wrecking ball. There are outstanding pass rushers on Washington's team, but so far this year they're not getting to the quarterback. They're getting some pressure. But Washington is last in the Pac-12 in sacks. They are, there's only three teams in the nation that have fewer sacks than they do, and that is uh, um, six sacks. Oregon's got 18 sacks. Now, some of that depends on who you play. But Washington hasn't played a, a whole bunch of teams that have been rocking and rolling um, you know, on offense. And, and Washington, when they play teams, they generally jumped out to an early lead. You would think the pass rushers, while they're still in the game, would have a, a big advantages, and I'm worried about that. Does that mean they're bad or they're not good? I don't know. Because I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a breakdown on Oregon's offense for halftime of the, of the ESPN game tonight, and on Washington's offense for halftime of the ESPN game tomorrow night. And, uh, or it might be in the pregame show tomorrow night. So the, uh, 
And as I watch both of them play, the first thought is, man, these guys are skilled and they're powerful and they're great. And the second thought was, these defenses have never played football before in their lives. <laughs> so, so we're about to find out a lot about one of these teams, or, or probably both. But this is going to be a, a massive game, and the Pac-12 fans need to hope that whoever wins this game wins out. All right. Because that's going to be your best hope for the playoffs. All right. Great stuff from my man Trevor Maddich uh, over in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, ESPN. Catch Trevor on the TV tonight. And then, uh, of course, uh, during the next few days, you can catch him on SportsCenter as well as uh, on the radio on the ESPN side on Saturday. All right, Trev. I appreciate it uh, as always, my friend. You're welcome. And if you go to Deadwood and you're playing cards and you have aces and eights, Fold and turn around quickly and see what's coming up behind you. Ouch! Ouch! And there we go. This one's for you, Trevor. And you might want to tell Dana. All right, tell her to turn up her radio really loud right now because here's a little Britney Spears for you, too. Courtesy of Mario Cristobal. (laughs) Nice. Take care, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, too. Trevor Maddich, 15 time Emmy Award winner, doing it. We come back. Mattress Mac is going to join us. How's the Tempur-Pedic? Mattress Firm doing? How's that? Let's get into that. We'll talk some baseball. Talk some money. Talk some betting. What is that? Numbchuck betting or betting? D or T? What you got? On a Wednesday, T.C. Martin Show. Jeremy Pena has set the stage here for Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters in the game. Representing the winning run for the Astros. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gets it goodbye. Unbelievable. The Astros will walk off win. Jordan Alvarez will walk off three run over. And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series. Incredible. Entertainment capital of the world. Center cut curveball, but it was nasty. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Verlander deals a 3-2. And a cold strike three. T.C. Martin. And now the Astros with a runner at first for Alex Bregman. And Bregman sends one deep in the left center field. This is way back. And it is gone. Alex Bregman gets the Astros off the deck. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Verlander with strikeout number nine. The doctor is now in. Hour number two here, getting ready. Astros and the Twins coming your way tonight. Astros in a closeout situation. Houston wins. Oh, back to the ALCS to take on those Texas Rangers. How about that? Huh? The old silver boot playing for that? Astros already won that this year. That's why they have the home field advantage. And uh, the number two seed, Baltimore gone. Hey, the Astros are the top seed now. All right, we'll talk baseball this hour. You'll hear from Asia Wilson as we get ready for game number two tonight, WNBA Finals. Join me on the call with that 5.30 on the pregame show with Becky Hammond. Asia Wilson will join me. 6 o'clock, we tip it off. And uh, down the dial, you can hear me with the call. 9.20 a.m. We're on Raider Nation Radio tonight, 9.20 a.m. here in Las Vegas. Or you can stream that live. Just look up uh, Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. in Las Vegas. 6 o'clock tip-off on the television side on ESPN tonight. Game 2, the Aces and the Liberty. 
Best three out of five. Aces try to take a commanding 2-0 lead. You'll hear from Asia Wilson uh, before we take off here today as we get ready for game two tonight as we continue on talking baseball, football, basketball, and a whole lot more. But right now, let's go to Houston and talk to my main man, Mattress Mac, ready to roll, rooting those Astros on. He joins us now. What's up, Mac? DC, how are you? Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, my man. I know that you are revved up, fired up. So tell me, Mac, do you got the white jersey on today, the blue Astros jersey, or are you going orange? I got white with um, dark blue letters, orange trim. I love it. All right. And is, it, is it got the mattress Mac on the back of that bad boy? It's got the yes, sir, it does. mattress Mac on the back. Yes, sir. I love it. Does it have like 72 for like $72 million? I don't know what it has on the back. It might be my seventy-two, but I don't feel like I'm seventy-two. I feel like I'm twenty-eight. You are. And I would be Vegas chasing old girls. <laughs> My guy, Mattress Mac, Jim McAvale, longtime uh, Astros fan, gallery furniture proprietor. And uh, again, he's got action on the Astros. Uh, Mac, what is the vibe there in Houston? Because as we know, uh, the Astros kind of had a little up and down year. They only led for three days of the entire regular season. But man, they got it done in the stretch drive. Uh, Texas kind of fell asleep there. Uh, in Seattle, the Astros got it done in Arizona. Astros end up winning the division and getting the number two seed. And now, uh, they are one win away from getting back to the ALCS. What's the vibe there in Houston? Oh, the vibe is good. I think people are excited. People are certainly pulling for the Astros to have a big win tonight. They played very well yesterday. So the Astros are obviously the hometown favorite. They've been incredibly successful the last six years. Hope to make it, uh, seven tonight. So, Everybody's uh, ready to go, hoping the Astros will play well tonight against the Twins. The Twins have a good team playing in Minneapolis. be a little chilly up there, but hopefully our Astros can come through tonight just like they did yesterday. Yeah, Mac. And uh, so I can hardly wait for our WNBA season to end here. We're in the finals right now because I can't get back to Houston to uh, to enjoy uh, the Astros with you and Dusty Baker and everybody. So I'm looking forward to to getting back there, if not for the last couple games of the ALCS, but definitely for the World Series, my friend. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to hopefully going back-to-back. And uh, how confident are you? Well, I, uh, let me say this. The Las Vegas Aces are playing extremely well. Are they Are they in the final this week? It is the final. So we got game number two tonight. Like I said, we won game one on Sunday. And uh, game two is uh, is tonight, so uh, we got to go to New York for games three and four, and that's going to be kind of tough. So uh, looking forward to that, my friend. So yeah, I'll be I'll be heading out of here uh, tomorrow as we get ready for Sunday's game uh, against the Liberty. But uh, tonight we got a big one, my friend. We need you we need you to root us on, Mac. And uh, I wish I would have talked with you before game one because I would have told you to bet on the Aces only laying four and a half in game one. Yeah, I mean they're laying tonight. Uh, right about the same number, laying five tonight uh, against the Liberty. Well, I'm, I'm pulling for the Las Vegas Aces. I used to be a huge WNBA fan when the Comets were winning all those championships down here in Houston with my friend Van Chancellor. He was a coach. Yes. So uh, yes. I'm a big WNBA fan. And uh, we know we hope to have the, uh, like you said, the Silver Boot competition, the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Fort Worth Metropolitan, where I grew up at, playing the. Uh, fabulous Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series. Hopefully that'll start Sunday night, and uh, we're excited about an all-Texas 
ALCS if the Astros can get their business done tonight. You know, Mac, I'm going to send you a picture right now because I was thinking about you uh, the other day. I'm just sending you this picture. You talk about uh, the old Houston Comets, okay? Uh, one of the, the greatest WNBA players of all time was at the game on Sunday, and uh, she came on over to me while I was uh, broadcasting the game and got a little picture with her, and you probably know who I'm talking about, Mac. Who's one of the greatest Houston Comets of all time? Was it Cheryl Swoops? You got that right, my friend. Go look at your phone. You got, you got, you got your two no. favorite people right there. You got me and Cheryl Swoops in your phone right now. When are you coming down here to see your guy Dusty? I, I, I probably can't get there until we're done, Max. So hopefully, maybe you know, definitely World Series, but maybe sooner if uh, we wrap things up sooner that I can get there for the uh, American League Championship Series. But, but uh, hey, you, you, you and Dusty will be the first to know. You're the first two calls I'll be making. Well, hopefully the aces will uh, get a uh, 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 three uh, three aces in their hands and win those first three games. You can be heading to Houston. We look forward to seeing you, and we look forward to seeing go aces and go Astros. We're for the A teams to win this. Uh, WNBA championship and the uh, MLB championship. I love that. Look at that. that. That's a promo right there that Mac has. Hey, Mac, so speaking of, of which, so I know that you were supposed to throw out game, uh, the first pitch of game one last Saturday. And again, Mac has thrown out the ceremony first pitch a whole bunch of times. And last year I was there when he threw it out it was game six, I believe, right, Mac? For the World Series, you threw it out and, uh, you, you nailed it. It was fantastic. I was with, I was with you that night and, uh, you were all set to go, but we, we understand there was, uh, some complications on last Saturday. Tell our listeners what happened. Yeah, there are some complications about another sponsor who's a big MLB national sponsor, so I didn't throw it out, but uh, what the heck. We won the game anyway. That's all that matters, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the Astros uh, win tonight, and uh, it's going to be a very raucous series if we play Texas in the uh, American League Championship Series, because i got to tell you, the people in Dallas, the Metroplex, and the people in Houston don't have a lot of love for each other, so that'll be quite the series. And I think the managers have had a few run-ins before, too. So it's going to be lots of drama coming up. Yeah, well, we know we got the best manager there. We got Dusty Baker over Bruce Bochy. We'll, 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 we'll take that every day of the week, Mac. And you're right. I mean, that is a big rivalry there. And it's one, it's been one-sided, as you know, as the Rangers haven't really been any good. And of course, uh, they went the free agency route, you know, in the offseason. And the Rangers, as we know, like we said, they had a, themselves a very good year. But when it came head to head, uh, the Astros had their number decisively won the series. And that's why, uh, Houston will be hosting this series if the Astros get by the Twins, and they will have the home field advantage here. But just go a little bit deeper into that, Mac, when you look at the, the matchups between the Astros and the Rangers and, and, and talk about those two fan bases finally meeting uh, for the American League Championship Series the right to go to the World Series, because that's never happened before. You know, I'm from Dallas, and the people from Dallas have always had a uh, somewhat skewed uh, – uh, look at Houston and vice versa. So it's going to be quite the series, and it'll be interesting when a bunch of us uh, Houstonians go up to Dallas to see how they treat us. Hopefully they'll treat us better than we got treated in Philly last year. So oh, it should be, yeah. uh, should be an exciting series, but we need to win that game tonight so we qualify for American League Championship Series. And then the series against the Rangers will be uh, a, a, a Texas uh, – 
Texas uh, barroom brawl, that's for sure. Mac, have you ever given any consideration of opening gallery furniture stores in Dallas or in North Texas? No, I, I, I'm a control freak, freak TC, and yes. I like to <laughs> make sure the customers are taken care of. That's why I'm uh, here 12 hours a day taking care of customers. So I got all the uh, stores I can say grace over. Yeah. And I would like to mention to your listeners that um, – my friend Mary Lou Retton is uh, very ill in a hospital here in Texas. She has no insurance, and we're uh, raising money for her insurance costs. So if you can go on to um, STEP, S-T-E-P, and uh, look up the Mary Lou Retton Fund and make a $5, $10, $20 donation, it would be very helpful. She was a great Olympic gymnast. She uh, was uh, the sweetheart of the country, and uh, now she's very ill. So we... Uh, pray for her recovery. I donated a pretty large sum this morning, and a lot of people are donating, so help my friend Mary Lou Retton out, who's seriously ill right now with no health insurance, unfortunately. Mac, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Mary Lou Retton, one of the greatest uh, American gymnasts, or world gymnasts, really, for that matter, uh, of all time, and uh, Mac is right. She is in ICU uh, there in Houston, uh, uninsured, severe breathing problems, and uh, we wish her a a really a speedy recovery there, and we're going to uh, make a note of that. Step S T E P and make and make a donation, whatever you feel that you can do uh, to to support Mary Lou Retton and her family. Yeah. You got it. That's great stuff. All right, Mac. Let's talk a little bit uh, uh, more about uh, the betting here. Now we all know, and we've talked about it when you were on the show before. You know, winning all that money on future bets on the Astros last year, and. Um, how much money did, did you have to refund going back to last year when the Astros won the World Series? And we talked about the promotion before, and again, you, you know, you hedged off your bets, but I know that it was a wild promotion. Every year it kind of seems like the numbers continue to grow with that, but when it was all said and done, explain to our listeners how that all added up for you. You know, last year was crazy because uh, a couple days after the Astros won the American League, there was a couple days pause before the World Series started, and we sold more mattresses those couple days than ever in company history, and we ended up refunding about $76 million and uh, uh, to our customers, which was great. The customers love it when they get their money back, and hopefully we'll be uh, approaching that number if, if the Astros are uh, keep winning through the World Series. So this year, the economy is not quite as robust as it was last year, but People love the Astros, so we got a lot of people buying furniture, and if the Astros win it all, they'll get their money back, so it should be a lot of fun. i got a lot of uh, bets placed at different sports books around the country, a lot of them in Las Vegas as well, as we uh, say, go Astros, and uh, in the middle of the season when the Astros weren't going well, I got some good odds. <laughs> yeah, you got you got an 11 to 1 or so, didn't you? Yeah, you got a little bit yeah. of money on that, 11 to 1, and then I know that... Uh, uh, you know, I was like you, I, I kind of waited cause you know, last year I had him at 12 to one. I got, you know, right during spring training, the beginning or the uh, very beginning of the season. And then I kind of like you, man, waited in, in you know, 450, you know, when it was a uh, down the stretch run because yeah, they, they weren't playing great ball, but that's a great move at, at 11 to one because right now, uh, they are going to have home field advantage in um, the ALCS and maybe even potentially the World Series if uh, this, you know if the National League plays out with the upset specials that we're seeing here, man. So what would you like to see, Matt? Who would you like to see in the World Series? Who would you like to see the Astros face? Well, you know, I've been to Philly and I've been to uh, 
Atlanta. Atlanta. Both of those are uh, great cities. Uh, passionate fan bases. The fans were nicer in uh, Atlanta than they were in Philly. And then, uh, you know, uh, Arizona would be great. And, uh, you know, they're playing good. Uh, Arizona would be great, be nice and warm uh, versus some of those other towns. So I'd like to see Arizona, but that's just my personal preference. Yeah. Uh, and going back to refunding the customers, Mac, it's just unbelievable. You don't see that in this day and age where a a business – whether it's a business owner or corporate or company who, who does that, who will put their, their neck on the line, so to speak, and to generate all that volume of business and then, you know, go ahead and refund, uh, through this. I mean, I know that uh, again, you know, from a financial standpoint, it, it's great to sell all those mattresses, but I know you. It's, it, it has to feel pretty rewarding to give those people refunds and give them their money back too when it's all said and done. And I know that you threw a party, uh, you know, for those customers at, at the end of the year, but just kind of talk about that human element and, and what it's like in the response from these fans, you know, when the season's over. We had so many winners last year, TC. We had we had to have three refund parties, and refund parties are a lot of fun. On the first one, I wheeled in a wheelbarrow of about seven million five hundred thousand dollars in it in cash. That was a quite the photo op, and the customers are delighted. They come out here, they take their pictures. Uh, hopefully, we get some of the ball players out here, and they're taking pictures and uh, signing autographs with the customers. So it's a, a joyous celebration. Hope to have it again this year. Some of the great nights in the store history are nights we were able to refund money to our great customers, and they uh, it makes them uh, really proud to be an Astros fan and really proud to be a Gallery Furniture customer, and both of those are things we're striving to achieve every day. All right. Uh, great stuff, uh, my friend. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, Mac, you got to, you got to settle, uh, a, a little bet for Numchuck and I. We're sitting there and we were watching your, your video, the one that you do made, the made last week. And you're talking about, uh, you know, the, everything that happened, um, you know, about the ceremonial first pitch. But then you're, you're standing in front of a mattress there and you said, Hey, we got to support, uh, betting. And I couldn't, Make it out if you said support betting as in B E T T I N G or betting B E D D I N G. Help me out here, my friend. B E D D I N G, but my my language is sometimes a little off center. Well, no, because I know how much you love both, Mac. You love selling betting and you love betting and cashing those big tickets. So really, yep. it wasn't your speech at all. It was just like, okay, what's the message? Hey, I know Mac. He said, yeah, let's support betting. Let's do that. Oh, and, you know, let's support selling some beds too. So betting. Okay, I get it. Yeah. And the betting, the uh, message still remains. Come buy that mattress, 3000 bucks, <laughs> And uh, our boys from Houston win it all. Your mattress free, free, free. Going on right now. And so uh, come out and get one if you're in Houston, and you listen to Las Vegas Radio with TC, come on out and get a mattress and get happy with a great deal. If not, go down to the uh, the Superbook and bet on the Houston Astros. There we go, brother. There we go. There we go. All right. You have any more Astros have, uh, have come in or uh, any of the celebrities been coming in over the last few months, man, to, to make some purchases there? Yeah, we get a lot of ball players in here that buy mattresses and uh, sleep better. A lot of the Astro players really value their sleep, yeah. and some of them sleep much ten or eleven hours a night because it's so important to uh, you know be on top of your game. And sleep is the most important thing you can do to improve your physical and mental ability and acuity. So 
I'm a huge believer in the power of sleep, and I try to get these athletes uh, to sleep as much as possible because it makes them sharper and better. You and uh, yeah. whether you're a mom and dad or, or a business person, businesswoman, teacher, coach, athlete, or a fireman or policeman, if you sleep eight or nine hours good every night, you're going to perform better. Mm-hmm. And there you go, man. And that's why you, that's why you look so good. That's why you feel so good. Like you said earlier in this, uh, segment here. Exactly. Cause you get plenty of sleep. I mean, even if you're sleeping on top of the roof, you're getting enough sleep. Yeah. On top of that roof was tough though. Cause it was hot in those. There's not a car in Houston has a muffler all night long. Hey, uh, Adrian Peterson told me that he, uh, he rolled by your place a while back, right? Yeah, I saw him the other night at the Astros game. Oh, okay. Okay. Good stuff there. There you go. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. There he is. All right, my friend. We'll let you go. Enjoy the game tonight. Bring home the W. The Astros are on the road in Minnesota. We look forward to talking with you soon, and I look forward to seeing you here in a couple weeks, hopefully, my friend. You bet, TC. Astros play great on the road. Hopefully, we get a win tonight. Knock on wood. Go Astros! You got it. Best road team around. Thanks, Mac. Appreciate you. There he is. Mattress Mac, Jim McInville, just a a great human being. Everything that he does for the city of Houston, the surrounding counties, what he does, the hurricane relief, where he supplied, uh, you know, uh, places for, for people to stay and even live for a while, the money that he donates to that community. Fantastic. We talked about it on the show yesterday about, you know, how he supplies tickets for so many different people to go to the games and maybe can't afford tickets to go. And uh, he's one of a kind. He's the best. And, yes, as he is, as he did last year, where he won $72 million on future bets on the Astros, um, he's got a chance to uh, make that kind of money again. Now, the Astros didn't have those long odds, but uh, he did get 11-1, to 1, which was great. But the beginning of the year, the Astros were 4-5-1. and 5 to 1. And they're right around four to one, and now they're back at four to one again. Now even lower since uh, they have a two-one series lead against uh, the Minnesota Twins. But hey, everything can change here. You know, one game. Jose Arquiti is going tonight for the Astros. Joe Ryan is going for Minnesota. Uh, the Twins have their back against the wall right now, and uh, the Astros are looking to close them out. Astros just exploded for nine runs yesterday. Took care of business, defeating Minnesota nine to one. So. uh and Texas Rangers are just sitting there just waiting uh, for the winner of this series. Now, deep down inside, you know who the Texas Rangers want to play, right? They don't want to play the Astros. They want to play the Minnesota Twins. Even though that they would be on the road no matter what because they had the sixth seed. But sure, proximity-wise, they could maybe say, hey, we want the, you know, pay the Astros back because they've been beating us down year after year. But and especially the way that thing went down. But you could just see, and I've talked about it so many times, when these teams have faced each other, especially in close games, Texas just wilts because deep down inside they know the Astros have their number. And uh Texas responded big time, you know, with their with their sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. All right. So nicely done by by the Rangers. But uh, I'm glad that it's Texas because now the Astros will have the home field advantage for the ALCS, and uh, we'll see what happens. But they got to get by Minnesota first. Uh, the Astros are an underdog again tonight. Joe Ryan is a dollar thirty-five favorite for the Minnesota Twins, and if the Twins get a victory, then they head back to Houston for a deciding game number five. Remember, this uh, division series is best three out of five, just like the WNBA playoffs. 
the finals. Best three out of five. And we've got game number two coming your way tonight with the Aces uh, taking on the New York Liberty. All right. So you got all that happening. All right. Um, we got a birthday here today, man. We do. We got a birthday. We, all right? we have a couple. We, we, actually. Have, we actually have two birthdays in our building here. Uh, one, we've got the lovely Michelle, who I reference uh, on numerous occasions. All right. She's probably hanging out there in the lobby and she's listening. That's it. Um, I think we got to give Michelle a birthday song here. Now, I think we got to give her a birthday song. And we know that, uh, you know, she's kind of a classic rocker. But this is what I always call her. I say a little, Michelle, my bell. Michelle, my bell. These are words that go together well. My Michelle. That's it. Michelle, my bell. Happy birthday. She's wearing her sachet. Is that a true age? That's not your true age. Because this is weird. Not only does Michelle have the same birthday as Numchuck, but you guys have milestone birthdays. Yes. Now, I knew about Numchuck's milestone birthday, but I knew it was a milestone birthday for you, Michelle. Let's just say, I'm not going to give away anybody's age. But let's just say, when we say milestone birthdays, it ends in zero, right? Correct. Get on the mic, girl. What do you want to say? You're only as old as you That's right, baby. Thank age you for the birthday wish. Age ain't nothing but a number, baby. That's right. There it is. All right. Happy birthday, Michelle, my bell. And, and happy birthday to Numchuck. I can't remember what we did last year. Justin. Huh? <laughs> I love that. Thank goodness we didn't hear what she said. You know, we, we do have a seven-second delay here. That, that's good. All right. So happy birthday, Michelle. Happy birthday, Numchuck. You better, you better tell her that you like being called Numchuck. I want you, I want you, I want It's growing on me after four and a half years. Has it been that long? Yeah. So we've celebrated four of your birthdays together? Yeah. Wow. You were a youngster when I first met you. Yeah. All right. I can say age. I can say your age, right? Not her age. You don't say her. Say mine. Four zero, baby. The big four zero. You got a long way to go, man. Long way to go, man. So, yeah. See, now that you gave up that chewing tobacco and the cigarettes and everything and the alcohol, you're gonna live to be at least ninety four. But I just found out what? a birthday present for me. Yeah, and I'm very happy because. Tickets? Yeah. Oh, yes. You got you got those tickets? I got those tickets. Wow. Alice Cooper, baby. Cooper. Cooper in and Vegas. Rob Zombie. In, in Vegas. Yes. I know several people that are going to that show. Yeah. The first thing I thought, I was like, oh, I have to go. Yeah. It's the first Alice Cooper show in Vegas since that happened. No Make sure if you get a chance to uh, ask him after the show. If he uh, got his mail, got his packages. Didn't he want like a blower or something from Baker Mayfield? This oh, commercial. Yeah. 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 There you go. Let's go. Yeah. We just talked about this last yes, week. Yes, we did. Tremendous commercial. All right. Happy birthday, Numchuck. Happy birthday, Michelle Mybell. Celebrating a little birthday today action 
Eat well, my friend. Drink well. Always what, do. What, what's on What's on tap? That has been told. I, I've been told it's a, it's a surprise today. Surprise. Surprise. Okay, good. So right. I don't care. All right. Either way. Did you get your Fuku earlier? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. At some point, Fuku's coming. At some point. You love the Fuku. probably tomorrow. Okay. There you go. All right. And I invited you to go to the Aces game tonight too, but you turned me down. Because yeah, I'd rather eat and be able to see the game. But would you rather have ten thousand three hundred like standing and screaming for you? Not really. <laughs> All good. All right. The birthday. Ride this out, baby. I love it. We come back. We'll talk a little more NFL, baseball, and more. And you'll hear from Asia Wilson on the birthday show for Num Chuck and Michelle. From your favorite sports radio physician. Wow, that's the best news I heard in a dog's age. The Dr. T.C. Martin. Short there, kind of like a little sample. It sounds like a little bootsy, a little funkadelic. And we're playing too short. Why? Well, for two reasons. One, too short. Sang at halftime or rapped at halftime with Warren G. And um, also DJ Quick at the Raiders game on Monday night. Tonight, your halftime entertainment. Too short. Game two, WNBA Finals. Mark's got some good connections. Yeah, yeah. He, he he knows some people. He knows some people from Carlos Santana to Too Short. How's that? Got a little Bay Area theme there. So I don't think I told you the story. So I'm leaving the Mandalay Bay. Um, after the, we did the sh- show at Slice. Yeah. And you remember, I was okay. What am I going to do? Because I got to get over to Allegiant Stadium, and we had a, a tight turnaround with the five fifteen p.m. game, right? So I was sitting there wondering if I should walk or if I should go ahead and take a, you know, take a ride or something like that, right? And actually, I was waiting on my ride. So I go outside, and I said, "Well." I'm on the verge. What should I do? So I see this guy with a gigantic camera standing on the corner right outside the Delano there. And I'm waiting for my ride to come. And um, so he sees me and starts asking questions. So I had my credential on this and that. And he goes, oh, man, yeah, really cool. This and that, blah, blah, going to the Raider game. And I go, well, who are you with, man? And he goes, oh, he goes, uh, 
I'm with Warren G and in in too short and DJ Quick. He goes, uh, I'm waiting for them and we're gonna ride over to the stadium. I go, Yeah, you guys, you know, are singing or, or you know, doing your thing at halftime. You go, Yeah. And he says, Yeah, we're all backed up here with traffic. And uh so here comes Warren G out and uh waiting for their ride to come. And he said that they took a ride earlier in the day to do sound check, going back about one o'clock in the afternoon. So that took them twenty five minutes. But that's to ride. Hold on, but that's before you could get. Don't they? They close that bridge, don't they? Uh, yeah, I think like around two o'clock or something like. So that that, clo- that bridge was clo- yeah. closed or open when they did so it. So I'm sitting there out there with those guys waiting, you know, for rides outside. Air Mandalay Bay. Your guy Warren G. Regulators, baby. Regulators. Hey, I thought you'd fire that one up for me today. I was going to, uh, but you know, yeah. too short is the that- main attraction. Tonight he is. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. But it's pretty cool. Like, here I go. There's there's Warren G just walking out of uh, Mandalay Bay. And uh, these guys are waiting for the rides. And then at the game, you see them coming down the tunnel in their Raider jerseys. Of course, you know what number two short was wearing? Two? Yeah, I'm a good guess. There you go. Regulators. <laughs> Regulate One of my favorites, man. Yeah. Puts on a good show, too. Puts on a good show. Um, all right. Aces. <laughs> Aces and the Liberty coming your way tonight. Game number two. Uh, looking forward to that. Oh, now we're going to go back to regular. We're going to go back to regular. Okay. Just, just a clean version. I, I don't even know what the heck this segment just is. Just a clean version this, this time. It's going to tell. Oh. You got to be careful what you put on there. You can't be any geek off the street. There you go. And, and sampling. And how good do you know your samples? Your old, your old school music. I don't know this one, but yeah. I, I know it's like I know it, but I don't know it. Yeah, yeah. might blow you away. It's not, not what you think. Is it? Is Albert? It's uh, is it Rise? No, it's not. Rise. No, it's not Rise. No. It's Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah. See that? Which was really for its time here, early nineties. Like, wait, why are you sampling a Michael McDonald song? I mean, how strange is that? But no. And this went over, went over great, man. Is this your birthday song? No. <laughs> I want to know what you're doing for your birthday, man. I want to know what I'm doing for my birthday. You really don't know. I honestly don't know. How about, what do you want to do? Did you make any requests? Did you drop any helpful hints? No, the, like everybody knows my place. They know you. Like, like they all know my places. So it's like, it'll be one of those places. Okay. It, it might be one, one of, of your rotations. It, it might be our place. I, I I hope so because you give me a bad time about, you know, you're talking about a Mexican place? Yeah. Yeah. And you've been dying to go. I've been dying. Well, how, how come you don't get taken there? Because I'm always here. And <laughs> like, know, by the time I get, you know, I knew that was coming. B- by the time I do the almighty phone call. Yeah. To say, hey, oh, so do you have reservations? I'm not the only one that gets rejected by you, is what you're saying. No. Oh. So you, I you reject, reject you reject, I reject everybody. 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 Yeah, that means you're a means you're a good, loyal employee, man. That's what that means. Yeah. You know? uh, Can we just call music with this like segment? Because I mean like Songfest? I would just love this. Yeah. Let's yeah, see. you play whatever you want. I'm gonna let you do wait you because know, I'm not this. I'm gonna cut out early. I'm gonna cut out early anyway, so you know. I'm gonna cut out. Good, we're going here. Yeah. What do you got? Okay. Nunchuck birthday music. You have the TC Martin Show Songfest 
that we have uh, at end of August. Now we got the Nunchuck birthday rise. You could have played a better version, though. Well, I thought this was a decent one. Yeah. yeah, this isn't your... your no, this is... Yeah, yeah. It's a good song. I like it's, that. I, I love that song. That's okay. It's fine. It's a good one. All right. Um... Let's uh let's let's get an update here in Major League Baseball because this has been a, it's, it's a crazy day today, man. Crazy day. The update: the Phillies and the Braves are playing, and we know how raucous that Citizens Bank Park is in Philadelphia. This is a team that did not win their division. Is a team that was in the World Series last year, gave the Astros everything they could handle. And what does Philadelphia do today? They gave up a run in the top of the third inning to the Atlanta Braves. Philly won game one back in Atlanta, if you remember. And then in game two, Philly had a lead and blew it. They had a 4 nothing lead. They said, man, they may, they may sweep the Braves. And then Philly came back with five runs to win the game 5-4. So now the series is even. Game three today, the first of two games in Philadelphia. Well, after being down one nothing. The Phillies put a six spot on the board. They lead the Braves six to one in front of a raucous crowd there in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park. Nick Castellanos homered to left field to start it off. Bryce Har- Harper back to back homer. Trey Turner scores. Well, it wasn't back to back because Trey Turner got unscored. Brandon March scored. So Harp went deep with a three run shot. Alouette. Jose Arribe did. So uh, so I have the uh, Spanish announce call for that homer. Castellanos or Harps? Harps. Oh. Bryce Harper at the plate. Two on. Game tied at 1-1. Let's do it. Yeah, Nick Picheo. I got three things out of that Spanish call. Bryce Harper. Well, yeah, Bryce Harper, and the way he rolled the R was phenomenal. Yes. Okay. I got Arriba, which I understand, and Perfecto. I I don't think I've ever heard of Perfecto like that. Because when you're playing that, I'm going to say, okay, what is the Spanish word for home run? Perfecto. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it's better than the... Or they're probably on TBS or yeah. something. Yeah. And we should have had Jesus on yesterday. We should have. We should have had Jesus We should have had Bruce on. Yeah. We should have had. Yeah. Yeah. We should have done that yesterday as a Golden Knights win their home opener, or the celebration. And a shout out to Jesus Lopez for, um, on the Spanish side. I can only imagine his goal calls were fantastic last night. And I'm so happy for him because we told the story before where, you know, he called me when he got word that he was going to get his championship ring. So, Jesus Lopez, well-deserved, getting his championship ring. And I hope my friend Ryan Wallace gets a championship ring uh, as well, too, because he does a, a great job in the pre- and post-game show and you know took over for our, our good friend Frank, Ballpark Frank, 
Um, and you know, Ryan and, and Frank did it for his first couple seasons and now Ryan's doing it solo. And I saw him last night, which was great. Um, so hopefully those guys got championship rings and I know I'm, that Jesus I'm, did. I'm watching this thing on X Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Does Jesus have a puppet? Is that what oh, I said? Yes. Oh, yeah. You never knew about his puppet. I never knew about the puppet. We have to, well, we'll have to have him explain that. And if we had more time today, I'd we'd have call him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got a puppet and he also, you know, wears the Mills Mascaris. Mask. I've seen the, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. But I didn't know there was a puppet involved. Yeah. So when he uh, does his, uh, sports show, he, he has a puppet. Yeah. I know. It's, yeah, it's radio. I, I've tried to tell him that too before. You know, it's radio. People can't see it. Well, you know. Start shooting some video. But yeah. So Golden Knights uh, victorious last night, four to one. Stevenson, Marceau, Barbashev, Eichel all scored. Aiden Hill, 23 saves. Uh, convincing win for the Golden Knights last night. Uh, it was never in doubt. And of course, I'm sitting next to C Win last night. And right before the puck drops, what does C Win do? Made a bet. You know who he bet on. Kraken. Of course he did. <laughs> He thought there was value there, but I'll give Seawin credit because before that even took place, he bet because with the, the slot machine was going around, he goes, Oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? He goes, he goes, Oh, he goes, I think it's going to be three Stanley cups. I go, Oh, that that's a good bet. Stanley cup, Stanley cup, Stanley cup, winner, winner, winner slot machine. There it is. So you know what I told him? I said, yeah, it's too bad. You couldn't bet on that. I go, but that would have been minus 400. And then, uh, so then when the Kraken gave up their first goal, when Chandler or Stevenson scored the first goal, I said, well, you should have stuck with the slot machine. Yeah. Should have quit right there. Eat. <laughs> yeah. Opening night, pregame ceremony, championship banner raised. How cool is this? That And we've talked about it before. Aces win the championship, have the parade. The They raise their banner at the beginning of the season. And now the goal of the Knights. You know, they win the championship, have the great parade. And then last night, now that comes to the culmination where they raise the banner inside T-Mobile Arena. Uh, very, very cool. And now the Aces potentially have a chance to go back to back. And why can't the Golden Knights go back to back as well? They've got what 22 of 27 that they brought back. Exactly. So it's the exact same team, that, basically. That roster is pretty much there. Yeah. It is, it is pretty much there. So, uh, that's, that's a great start for Although, them. seeing, I just saw earlier that Carrier did not, uh, Carrier did not travel with the team because of the injury from, from, the, la- from, from last yeah, night. From last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden Knights now, uh, uh, go on the road. All right. So, yeah. Congratulations to them, uh, in a great ceremony last night. And, uh, I know, uh, you know, they got their rings behind closed doors, I believe, right? They, yeah, they had a whole special team event. Right. It was just the team. Yeah. Kind of like what the Aces did. Mm-hmm. Well, the Aces got theirs in front of the home fans. You got to remember that. But then they oh, had the event afterwards. Yeah. So they, they were all presented with their rings on opening night for the Aces, the home opener, which was great. So, yes, yeah, so the Golden Knights improved to 6-1 and one in home openers. So uh, good for them. All right. Um, we're going to cut out. 
getting ready to have Asia Wilson on, or uh, we're going to give you that interview. And again, I want to thank Trevor Match for joining us today, Heidi Fang uh, as, as well, and of course, Mattress Mac. And we'll continue watching uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs. Tomorrow, we will be at the Westgate of Las Vegas. Of course, we'll be doing the show normally on Fridays, but we've been alternating Thursday, Fridays here for Thursday Night Football. So come on. Bye. See the show tomorrow as we get ready for Broncos and Chiefs tomorrow night. And then I'll be on the road on Friday. But uh, join us definitely uh, for or the Westgate uh, tomorrow. And we will be doing our best bets live from the Superbook. Marco D'Angelo will join me, Mike Tice, and also uh, Jay Cornegay, the Vice President of Sportsbook Operations there for that. But tonight we get ready for game number two between the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty a huge game tonight. Jam-packed crowd. Expected again. Another sellout. 10,300. See if the Aces can take a 2-0 commanding lead in this series. And we get ready as to get ready. That's all I got to say. We got to get ready for tonight's action. And let's tune it up with Asia Wilson. Getting ready for game number two here tonight. Game one in the books and the Aces win game one. Asia Wilson joins me now. What's up, Tutu? What's up? How are you doing, TC? I'm doing good. Let's talk about game one. Okay, got that win. Best of five series. We know that 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 game number one win is really huge. What does that do for your confidence moving forward? doesn't really shake a lot of things. It's just game one, uh, but it is a good game that we needed to get. Uh, a lot of teams that come in, they try to steal at least one home. Uh, so just making sure that we can buckle down on our end. Uh, still a lot to learn, but uh, it's definitely a good feeling to have that one up, but we're not satisfied. We know that the first quarter or the first half of a game one of any series, especially in the finals, is very, very crucial. Seemed like it was a little rough, a little sloppy at times. Talk about that opening quarter and the way you guys came out. Uh, I mean, it's hard to, when you haven't played in a week, uh, you kind of, you can simulate it but obviously it's not the same. So, of course, we're going to have a little rust. Uh, their defense is not like our practice guys, so it's going to look a little different for us. But once we kind of got into the group of things, I think you saw in the second half how we really got back to us. Uh, so, obviously, we're going to try to channel that earlier in this uh, in the game. But I think now that we're playing more on a, like a more season-like game like this week, it should be good. Let's talk about that second half. What a turnaround. You guys outscored the Liberty 53-33. to 33. I got to know what was said at halftime and what was that demeanor like in there? And what was the message from Becky? Uh, just the biggest thing is just get back to us. I think that's the biggest thing is doing things that we need to do our way, uh, making sure that we can dictate action, staying within ourselves and executing it. And I think it just came down to executing both defense and offensive end. And we really just kind of locked in from there. You know, Shante was playing out here at halftime, so it was pretty loud in here. But I, I could have swore I heard some noise back there. Come on now. <laughs> right, that was probably us like, what the hell, beating the wall because we're just frustrated. Uh, but no, I heard she did a great job, so that's always good. <laughs> hey, in those moments, who else takes the leadership role when things are, you know, maybe not going the way you want and you're hearing from coach, whatever, who else steps up in those moments? It's really all of us, honestly. I think we hold each other accountable across the board, so we really just kind of come together and know that we need to do our job individually so it can be great as a whole. So uh, we all kind of say words. It's me, Chelsea, AC, everybody from across, like Sid, anybody that has something to say because they see it before we do. So we have a great accountability on the team. You had 19 points, eight rebounds, and you had plenty of help around you. Kelsey Plum, 
Um, Jackie Young each had 26. Chelsea had 20. How good does that feel when you have that balanced production? It's great. I mean, that's what you win a championship on. Uh, it's not going to take one person because they're going to try to take do everything they can to take me out the game. So it really comes up to just my teammates and I believe in them. I trust them 100% and I know that they are ready for these moments, these big light moments. And so it de definitely feels great to know that you got that help back there. You got a lot on your shoulders, as we know. Let's talk a little bit about John Quill Jones. Yeah. She can be a beast down there, as we know, and you guys have had some battles over the year. We know she likes to play physical. You're giving up size on her. How do you go about playing her both offensively and defensively? Uh, just playing her honest. Playing her honest and making sure that she's not getting too comfortable because I think as bigs, we love the the flow of like feeling body contact we want that physicality so we can play off of it and so try not to give it to her uh, allow her to work for both uh on and off the ball and different little things like that just little nicks i mean she's yeah. a good player so she's gonna find her way through but just little nicks to throw at her just to give a different look how conscious are you of like trying to get her into foul trouble not conscious at all i'm trying to just yeah. do my job uh yeah. if she's fouls so cool if she does it we still have to complete the job so yeah. i don't think it's any way that we're going in saying this is what we're going right. to do uh to take her out of the game it's just a matter of playing honest uh both offensively and defensively defensively you guys did a great job on sabrina Nescu too how much of a point of emphasis has that been leading up to this series huge i mean she's a flamethrower she's, she can shoot pretty well everywhere uh on the court so just honestly knowing where she is and making sure that we don't lo we locate her in transition and knowing because once she gets high it's kind of hard to stop uh, just like all good players so uh, the biggest thing is just making sure and I mean we got to credit Jackie in that way of being locked in on both sides of the basketball for her. Asia Wilson joins us get ready for game number two here tonight at the Michelob Ultra Arena aces up one game to love you know there's always that unsung hero in championship series no matter what sport talk to Becky about this you know before game one I'm curious about your take here who do you think that could be during the course of this series for you guys? Man um I think Kia. Yeah. I think Kia could be the unsung hero for us uh, because, you know, they try to do a different things, different looks for the other four of us. Uh, and they tend to forget that she can shoot. They tend to forget that she's big. So I think she could really be the unsung hero for us. Final thing for you, game two approach here. What do you feel that you may need to do differently from game one or also, let's throw the team perspective in there as well, too. Uh, just come out with a better start defensively. I think that's we just got to be locked into our matchups and just be there and continue to be that anchor defensively that we've been throughout the whole season. I think that's going to be so key because offensively it's going to be there or sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. But defense, you can always like, okay, if we're not scoring, you can't score either. So I think it's something that we have full control over, and that's going to be good for us in the long run. Asia, appreciate you. Good luck in game two and the rest of the way. Thank you. Thank you.